Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And it's time to, you know, five-star review, whatever. I'm, I'm not feeling well. And as always, we talk judging and MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com to read the criteria. Yeah, so you probably can hear I don't sound like my usual self. I am just getting over by now. This is Sunday night we're recording. I am getting over what began, I guess, Wednesday as, as a cold and got pretty crappy Thursday and Friday. Mm, little, Happy Thanksgiving. Well, Thanksgiving cold. Yeah, that was great. It wasn't COVID. I tested negative for that at least. So yeah, I knew going in it wasn't COVID. That's good. Yeah. Just all it meant all that meant was that my wife and I didn't have to change our Thanksgiving plans because they said, Oh, it's fine. We'll still come over. <laughs> like, great. That's what I want. Exactly. Not that I didn't want to see everybody, but you know, I felt terrible. <laughs> I didn't want to hold, I didn't want to be around people. I feel that. But I hope they had a nice time. I, I think I think everybody still had a nice time this way. Yep, that's good. But uh, yeah, so I I didn't have the general energy to come up with a good yeah five star review. Just just go do it, whatever. Yeah, just do it for Scott. Do it because I feel sick. Yeah. Feel pity. Take pity upon me, please. I'm oh. I'm at I'm at the pity stage. <laughs> yeah, but you you had a much more uh, I would say uh, exciting Friday night than I did. I did. You actually got to go to the I PFL did. event on Friday. I did. It was awesome. And you know, it, it kind of worked out that I wasn't able to go because I would have had, you know, I had office responsibilities and I still worked, by the way. I worked through my sickness. Wow. Let's what a trooper. Both, both Thanksgiving and the day after. What a trooper. Uh, Yeah, sure. And <laughs> company guy. Um, but even if I was able to go, I was sick enough that I probably would have not gone. So it didn't really matter. Yeah, it was it was a fun time. Uh, I found out I'm a genius. Um, oh yeah, this is right. You told me you were genius days ago, and you're like, "I'll, yeah. I'll explain." And I'm like, "All right, whatever." I was like, I was started looking at the apps. I'm like, "Let me see if there's any cheaper, like, f- like close tickets that I could buy that yeah. people are selling because they're they're scared that they're not going to sell them, so they're just going to sell them for cheap." Well, that wasn't the case. But I went on Ticketmaster. I said, "Let's see if Ticketmaster still selling events uh, tickets." This is like at 7:30. I started looking. I'm like, "The event started at six or 5:30, so they're probably not on sale anymore." Right. But there was a single ticket down for sale. Like row C, like fifty feet from the cage. I'm like, I'm just gonna go sit in that seat until someone who buys it kicks me out. Sure. And then I got that. Then I got. This is where I became a genius. I added the seat to my cart. So it reserves it. So it reserves it for eight minutes. <laughs> I released it once it hit zero, and then I added it again. I did this until about 10 p.m. because for some reason they were on sale till 10 p.m. And I, I had, mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think anybody was gonna. Get the urge to just buy know, a ticket that just, time of night. It was just precautionary. Uh, all right. I mean, I, I will. I will give you. It's an intelligent move, but also probably over. Over caution. possibly, yeah. But anyway, I enjoyed the seat. The two guys next to me had no clue about MMA. They're asking me what does one point five mean with the over and unders. I'm like, that's just the two thirty mark is the is the point five. In well, that's just betting. I can understand yeah. them not knowing. But that. then they didn't know anything about the fight. They're like, oh, who who would you take in this fight? I'm like, I don't know. I, this guy's the favorite. He beat you know, uh, whatever this fighter. And then they're like, right at the end of the night, they go, did you buy this seat? Because originally it was our seat, but our buddy bailed on us, so we sent it back. I'm like, oh, thank you for that. But no, I didn't buy it. I just uh, <laughs> sat there. He's like, oh, awesome. Got it worked out. And then they left before the main event, which was like, all right. 
Weird. Maybe, but it was maybe a good time. They have a moral, uh, a moral stance against female violence. Did they also step away for uh, Aspen Ladd and Julia Budd? No, no, they were against right, each then other. Weird. They were against each other in their betting on that one. Uh, each well, each one took a different one. side. <laughs> what did they sound local? I believe they're from New York. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a great time. Next time, I can't wait. I honestly, I hope they come back for again. It was it was a really good event. The pacing they was come on here point, a lot. So. They they like to come here. Yeah, I like the Hulu Theater. I, I did. I find it strange that the Hulu Theater is what they use to give away so much money. You would think that they would try to pack like a full arena, and not just a theater. But uh, I do like that venue. My, I would imagine they find it probably tough to fill an entire arena like I, I get, appropriately. Yeah. It's be- It's better to get a packed five thousand than it is to get a a, a sparse eight thousand. Right. I know. I'm just saying the the feel of it. it it's off. It's like okay, we're giving so much money away. You would think that they would, they'd have the big arena, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I don't know it. if I feel that way. I think, but you know, I, and I've said this before. I don't know if I said this on our show, but I feel like PFL isn't really a, a a live event. I don't think they're trying to be a live event. I think they're trying to be. This is just my read on it. No one's ever told me that from their end, but my read on it is that they're trying to be a TV product, and that like it almost is like a traveling studio. Like they'll they'll go you, places, you know. Sure, you know but what, like, Scott? That makes yeah. sense. Because Sean O'Connell acted like he's never been in a live crowd before, <laughs> standing up the entire first three rounds of the main event, blocking people that, that are behind you him. Did, you're like, who's this third guy? Who's who's not Kenny Florian and, and yeah, who is this guy? Who's that's the other blocking guy? So the view, no consideration whatsoever for the people sitting behind him, just standing up, moving about. Like you are cage side. There is absolutely zero reason for you to be standing right now. And and that really that tweaked me a little bit, but uh. Overall, great experience. He would beat you up, though. That's great. He could, he could also be considerate of others and sit down. No, he couldn't. He won a million dollars too. Why would he? Why would he care about anybody else? They should have gave GSP his seat. That guy is very polite. Did you see uh, what was it? Uh, Olivier Aubin Marcier's tweet the other day. No. It was like the first thing he tweeted after winning the million dollars, and it was that um, that clip of um, King Charles. Getting all the people to like move the things off his desk for him because he couldn't be bothered to do it, <laughs> and, and he retweets it. and He goes, "This is me starting right now." <laughs> Good for him. I yeah, like him. Yeah, nah, it, it was funny. Also, by the way, his not his handle, but his like display name is all capitals. Not Olivier O'Brien Mercier. Not him. I like yeah. that. I might be not Dan Urban because mm-hmm. I like the Canadian gangster nickname too. So, and he's also got a, he's got a third nickname. He's got OAM. OAM. Mm, all right. Eh. It's versatile. He can do anything. Okay. <laughs> now, it never hurts to have a third one in your pocket, you know? That's really more like what we call him for short as opposed to... Gotcha. Because Olivier Arban Mercier and the Canadian gangster, neither of those are short. They aren't, no. So you need you need shorthand. Not even Arban Mercier. That's are we sure it's Mercier? Because the announcer was calling him Mercier. I am <laughs> very sure about that. <laughs> Just checking. Yeah. What happened to Lillian Garcia was a question that came up to me because I knew she had like during the season. Her voice sounded like she got run over by a like, tractor. Her voice just like left her. She's been doing it a long time. I know. And then all of a sudden she's just like not doing it anymore. Listen, I what but happened. I had, when I was a sophomore in high school, I had laryngitis for six months. So mm-hmm. well, it, could be. it could be a long term thing. Well, I hope not because she was yeah. fun and she probably would have gotten the pronunciation. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there, there were there were bigger things happening there than. Uh, that Sean O'Connell standing in the way of Dan Urban's view. 
I'm just saying it's very inconsiderate because there was people that had floor seats right behind them. They had to have even a worse experience with that. Yeah, that was my segue. We're so, trying to get away but, from that. You, you, yeah. Come on. But mo- we're moving we're, on. Go we're, ahead. We're moving to the fights, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that of course, in the, in the main event, the upset of, or at least one of the upsets of the year, because we've had a billion of those. It's it's a very crowded category. But uh, Larissa Pacheco pulling it off, getting the decision win. 48-47 all around. All the judges agreed every single round. Harrison got one and three. Pacheco got all the others. And uh, I guess the question that comes to mind, because everybody's already kind of exhausted the whole, oh, Kayla Harrison's overrated. Or, oh, no, she wasn't overrated. I'm done with that conversation. Yeah, that's we don't old. need to have that conversation anymore. <laughs> what I want to ask you is that does Larissa Pacheco's win say more about Pacheco or does it say more about Kayla Harrison? No, I think it says more about Pacheco. I agree. I think, uh, Kayla came in today. Her pre-fight interview goes, I know she, she's improved. She's got bigger. She She's confident now. So I think that's all for Pacheco. This is the third time's a charm. Went in there, beat her at her own game, really. Was winning on the feet, threatening from the bottom. She's supposed to so, win on the feet, to be fair. but uh, Yeah, but I'm just saying, she, she did it everywhere. No, and, no, I understand. Yeah, and then a solid win. It More than a solid win. I mean, that's... It's the biggest win of her career. This this makes her career now. It's a million dollars. It's a million dollars. That's a whole lot of money. But um, I think this this does tie in like to the idea of whether you know Harrison is overrated or not. And I don't want to bake it there deep, but like the idea is linked here, right? Because if we're saying that it says more about Kayla Harrison, which you're not, but if we are saying that, then yeah, like what we're doing here is we're saying okay, this means maybe she was overrated. But I agree with you. I go the other way. I think this just says more about Larissa Pacheco and and that she is a much better fighter than I think people realize. Now, people will maybe look at her and dismiss her record and her, her resume like out of pocket just because they look and they say, okay, she flamed out of the UFC, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of caveats with that, right? So when she was fighting from the UFC, she started there eight years ago. She fought Jessica Andrade and got choked out. And then an ex-fight, six months later, she loses to Jermaine Durandame by TKO. So these are two women who went on to win UFC championships. They're some of the more accomplished women of all time. She has a win over Rainey Aldana earlier in her career, too. Like, mm-hmm. this is somebody who, like, she she can fight. Yeah. I, I just, I, I kind of resent the idea that everyone just immediately attacks Harrison's, like, resume or, or that she's overrated or whatever. Just because of that, because I think it's dismissive of Pacheco. Yeah, well, Pacheco's still only twenty-eight. So even, At, even yeah, she's eight twenty-eight years, now. Eight years ago in the UFC, that's she's only twenty years old. Big deal. She was a child. So, yeah, she hadn't even grown into her full body yet. You know. So yeah, she, she put on the size. She took it to Kayla. I mean, she had she had to weather weather some storms, and she did credit to her. And now it just honestly, one of the things that makes me wonder is last year she was going to fight in the playoffs, but. She had a weight issue, so she couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Imagine if they had gotten the chance to fight last year. Interesting. Would she have done it last year? I don't know. Oh, who knows? That's yeah, a good we question. We don't know. That's 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 a big what if. But yeah, I think it. I think it really does say much more about Pacheco than it does about Harrison. I think. I think it's fair to say that the women's lightweight division is a made-up division. I think that's absolutely true. It basically just exists for these two women at this point. Yeah. But they're legit talents, you know. Is Carisha Shields coming fair. back. Say it again. Is Clarissa Shields still trying the MMA route? Or? She's, uh, I 
assume so. She didn't have oh, okay. any fights this year, though, so yeah. maybe she's taking a break from it. I don't know. Mm. Maybe she's maybe she's slowing down before she gotcha. competes again. That's that could be another thing. And honestly, I don't hate that. Yeah, I think she she needs a lot more time to get herself ready for that type of fight. You know, if that's what she really still wants, and I'm sure she. I'm sure she's still interested in the idea of it, but hopefully she's going about it right. Yeah, I think the one thing you can say about Kayla is maybe it, it's time to try to diversify your, your skills a little bit. Instead of, I'm coming forward, I'm going to grab you, throw you on the ground, and beat you up from there. Yeah, the, that, that's the one honestly, thing. what I was surprised most about was that she relied so much on, especially later in the fight, she's just like holding on for dear life on like these singles mm-hmm. that just really weren't happening. Yeah. Like, she needs... For somebody who should have an amazing array of judo takedowns, she just doesn't seem to have his diverse a wrestling attack. Mm. That would, I think, be very useful because then she'll, I mean, someone like her should be able to find ways to kind of mix, you know, maybe like a double leg attempt, chain that into like a judo yeah, the, situation, the, yeah, you know, the... because she, she's just so, you know, adept at that. One would think she could find a way to mix it, you know, but I yeah. think that would be key if she can, if she can find more ways to you know what? Losses like this, like they're important. Yeah, it's only your first loss, so it's her first loss. Learn yeah. from it. Mm-hmm. I think, and and the last thing I guess I would say on on Harrison in general is, um, I don't think you know some people would kind of call her still a prospect, right? They're they're completely dismissive of this, right? I don't think she's a prospect. I think what she is 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 a very talented fighter who just ran into a a, a problem for the first time. Yeah, like she handled it as well as she could have, but just wasn't there, and yeah, she'll learn from it. Yep. Somewhere in the middle of prospect and, I you know some anyone who called her a goat at this point was was at, that was overrated. First off, well that's, that's kind of crazy. crazy. That would be silly. Um, but I think anyone who had her in the top five pound for pound, I think that was perfectly okay. I don't know how high I would have put her. I don't really do pound for pound. But yeah, yeah. She she rightfully was tearing through and and picking up some good wins. Well. I guess convincing wins, not necessarily over the the most interesting of competition. But hey, if we think highly of Larissa Pacheco, she has two wins over Larissa Pacheco. That's true. That's so. so. I don't know. I I I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But anyway, so I, I know it was like sort of a, a backdoor conversation into that, like overrated, underrated. But mm-hmm. but I really was more interested in making sure we actually talked about Pacheco herself. Yeah, I think she deserved that. Um, and and great win. You know, curious to see uh, if she can continue to grow her skills as well like you said she's only 28 yeah we'll see where it goes but she does not look like someone who can get down to 45 uh easily at all she had trouble getting to <laughs> well 55. she well yes yeah, she had to put she put on size for this one yeah so... I, I it sounds like at least well, it sounded like kayla harrison was planning to maybe go down and take some featherweight fights next year she's not going to be in the seasons anymore she's done with the seasons um kayla she's is going on to their pay-per-view division whatever a pay-per-view oh uh, okay um i got gotcha. you i still think it's the stupidest buzz name but whatever um, it, it really just means that she's not fighting in the seasons anymore. They're just trying to find, come up with some cool way of saying she's a special fighter. Just super fights. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Moving on to, I, I think another storyline out of this one, everybody was uh, buzzing about at the end was Brendan Lofname. And for good reason, you know, he's, it's uh, honestly, his journey is like, it's almost like a movie. This, yeah. You know, going on this, going on the show, Dana White Contender Series. We all we all know the story. Passed over, he went for the, the takedown at the end. Whatever. All of a sudden, he, he you know he finds himself in PFL, better situation, better pay, better opportunities, and I mean, he beat uh, Bill Algio, right? Yeah, is Bill Algio on yeah. that show? Yep, he's doing a lot better than Bill Algio right now. No offense to Bill. Yeah, he yeah, not getting that contract is probably the best thing he, that happened to him. 
Easily. So, And I hope it serves as a warning for other people that, hey, maybe Dana White Contender Series doesn't need to be the thing that I have to put all my hopes and dreams into. Yeah, you don't. You don't. That 10 and Look 10. good. Have some promise. Work hard. Sharpen your tools. And, yeah, maybe it'll work out. Yeah, he looked awesome, to be honest. He did. He did. And, I mean, he's he's been entertaining in fights. But, obviously, this was the first time he, he got a finish uh, in a while. And he did it in a big spot. Yeah, his strategy reminded me of uh, McGregor versus um, Chad Mendes. With the the front kicks just draining them, sure. I like, but take that performance from McGregor and multiply it by a hundred, and that's kind of what I thought Lockney had. So, I was really impressed by that. I thought Brian Minor perfect stoppage. Uh, Jenkins w- was clearly, I think, done. He had enough at that point. Uh, yeah, no, I so think so. I think that was solid uh, stoppage there. Question for you, kind of on the whole, you know, contender series riff here, right? And this is this is kind of a weird question, and I don't know. I don't even know if you're going to understand why I'm asking it. But did Dana White make a mistake not offering Brendan Lofnane a a, a contract? Well, yeah. Did, did he make a mistake? I, I I think so. He had a million dollar fighter to make, you know, for twenty grand. So. But the question is, if Dana signs him, how much different is the UFC's bottom line? It's never different. Exactly. So, but as a as a value, yeah. He's a great fighter, not in the UFC. But what he'd be so, doing right now is probably still like be fighting on, you know, general weekend prelim, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He locked in is so far better off right now. Mm-hmm. And but but again, I think the UFC just probably would look at him as another body. So I don't know that da- probably Dana's sitting there and if, when he catches wind of this, and I'm sure he heard, you know, even yeah. if he denies it. Um I'm sure he's he'll probably be happy for the kid, right? Whatever, not mm-hmm. trying to be sour grapes or anything, but you know it doesn't mean anything to them. So like, I don't even know that they would look at it and be like, "Oh man, we messed up. We could have had this kid." Not unless he hits free agency. And to be like, honest, okay, maybe, I, yeah. I don't know the crowd. Nothing brings out you know like national pride like MMA and soccer <laughs> in the crowd. Like the, everyone went nuts um, for Ante uh, when he won. Ante Delia. All, all, all the. Uh, uh, Croatian fans were losing their minds That's for great. him. All the uh, uh, Sadabu Sai had a big showing, or Sadabu C, sorry. Sadabu C. Yeah, he had a, a huge showing. Uh, Lockney had a huge, huge uh, showing in the crowd. Uh, OAM. Were there, were there Aussies there a, for uh, Robert Wilkinson? Yep, they were going crazy when he won. The one one friend tried to run into the ring, and whoever was guarding the door kept throwing him down the steps. <laughs> so, kid didn't get thrown out. I guess they understood. Yeah, he's just excited for his friend, but they sure. they it was crazy. So did yeah, you, I, I think way, it's sort of non sequitur. But did you notice when uh, Ali Abdelaziz was was shouting instructions, and then Nysak had to shout him down? I was, you know what? I was right behind that. I, I think I was focusing on the cage at that point, um, mm-hmm. or possibly on the screen because uh, Sean was in my way. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, I noticed it. I saw the video. I didn't really notice it live. Okay. I was curious. But yeah, I mean, and one thing I will say about Brendan Lofnane is Euro MMA just loves this guy. Well, that, that's my, that was the point I was getting at. If he has, if he can build a a following like potty, Patty Pimblet, then yeah, they're going to have to look at this like, well, we made a big mistake here. So maybe, but also if he does hit free agency at some point, he says, okay, you know, I think I've. I, I do just want to see if I can get to the top of the UFC. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll even take less money. He'll go over and, and he'll just walk in. He'll get already have had banked all the money, right? Yeah. And then he can go over and he'll get some really great opportunities. And the UFC will just be thrilled that they have themselves another 
you know, and and when I say this, I don't mean like he's the same type of fighter, but like a Justin Gaethje, mm-hmm. someone who comes in with a hype train. Yeah. Um, you know, an Eddie Alvarez, uh, a Michael Chandler, someone who people like they're already talking about when they debut in a way that most fighters who don't have like a weird crossover angle. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's like Brock Lesnar or like, yeah. You know, someone like that who has there, there's a very different hook than someone who's purely just a fighter that just made a name elsewhere. And they're, right. they're interested to see what they can do. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I guess I don't know. I, I feel like if I'm Dana White, um, I, I'm probably not feeling like I made a mistake right now. I'm just like, OK, whatever. You know, that's another. I'm fighter. sure that's how that's how I'm. Yeah. Right. I thought you weren't asking me if I was if I was Dana, though. I feel like I made a mistake. I thought you're saying, do I think you made a mistake? And yes, I do. I mean, I think he made yeah. a mistake from a sporting aspect because I really care more about MMA as sport than MMA as like entertainment. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm less into the pro wrestling side of it. Mm-hmm. I think he made a total mistake because I think they need to be signing all of the best people for sport purposes and not cutting people who are, you know, making, you know, let's say higher money, but also are not quite top five or championship material but they're like definitely top 10 or 15 but they'll just cut and let go people like that all the time i think that's a mistake in that sense i think this is a mistake too okay i i in the in the sense of understanding the business that they do i don't think it is a mistake it totally fits their mo and they're not gonna care and and they probably think they can make up the mistake elsewhere at some point whether it's with him or someone else okay which is stupid, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, other than Harrison and, and I guess Lofney, though, uh, and obviously Pacheco got the win, but she's not, I don't think she's going to become like some sort of star off of this or like a bigger name. She's just kind of like got the better of Harrison on that particular night because no one's really talking about her except us. I tried to, you know, like we tried to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Other than Harrison and Lofney, who from Friday night has the most potential to be a bigger name for PFL going forward? As we mentioned before, the Canadian gangster. Okay. Oh, I am Saint Saint Pierre's protege. I think the yeah, I think the writing's on the wall for him. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And and with the the tweet you told me that just that helps. <laughs> so well, it helps endear him to a certain crowd, right? Yeah. Not everybody's on Twitter. There's probably more people leaving Twitter now than there were. We don't have to go into that yeah. one. Yeah. That, that's a whole nother conversation. But did you have a different? Um, I think I would agree with you. You know, Canadian MMA. I think people. First off, Canadian MMA makes, makes up like half of MMA media. It's it's like ridiculous how many members of the media are mm-hmm. like either Canadian by birth or or still live there. Yeah. So they're yeah, really I, was, I was doing. I, I was like I was pausing because I appetite. I was pausing because I was just I was trying to just think of the of of who and I was like yeah you're right. A lot so. of people that I see on Fight Week, you know, the <laughs> ones that would be like regularly coming to sport, I and mean, half is probably um, an overreach, but. It is a huge chunk mm-hmm. of, let's say, uh, higher level um, regular media types mm-hmm. are Canadian. Yeah. You know, Ariel obviously is the most prominent, but right. I mean, there's there's plenty from Canada. Mikey Bone from uh, from MMA uh, Junkie is up there. Uh, Nick Baldwin, who we've had on the show, of Spencer. course. Spencer Kite. Can't forget our guy, Spencer. Aaron. Aaron Bronstetter. I know that guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good, solid. Group. Beat him in fantasy football this week. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. I haven't checked That's my right. scores. Was, honestly, he had me sweating. He had me sweating. I, I have to admit, <laughs> it was it was definitely a, it was a battle. All right. Um, I I pulled away, but man, that was that was a good battle. Nonetheless, the the point being, and granted, Aaron covers for an, a Canadian outlet, right? So obviously, it makes a little more sense that he's Canadian. But it, it it's the the greater point is that there is a large appetite for. 
MMA in Canada. GSP mm-hmm. had a tremendous effect mm-hmm. uh, and, and still does to this day. I think, yeah, for someone like OAM to come along and, and really actually have like a shining moment, you know, he's a good personality, but he, now he's got a a good win here that he can build off of. I think you're right. Yeah, he's probably someone who has the potential that, yeah, maybe they'll get that fight up in uh, in Montreal like he's mm-hmm. calling for, right? Well, yeah, Canada's open again, right? So Canada is open. Pre- pretty sure UFC is heading there. Hopefully PFL goes there. Guess we'll see. Yeah, but uh, but that, that's mostly it. I think we can kind of head into the uh, the judging conversation before we get to the contested rounds. We can point out that there were twenty five rounds scored in New York on Friday. Mm-hmm. Twenty one of them, the judges were unanimous on eighty four percent rate. Yeah, solid. That's I think that's a few times now we've been in the eighties. With Pat, is, is it every one of the past events past few uh, weeks, yeah. from UFC, Bellator, and yeah. PFL, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting all on page. There's some judging crossover there. Not, actually, I think Sal D'Amato judged at all three events because uh, he, he judged in consecutive days for UFC and Bellator last weekend. Yes. Um, him, and, him and Mike Bell as well. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, Mike Bell did this one too. So, yeah, that's, that's two that did all three. But nonetheless, really, really good uh, stretch of judging. I don't think we're having a whole lot of people complain about any calls or anything. I think this is this has been pretty good. Doesn't, I, maybe yeah. it doesn't raise the demand of our show, you know, because we get we, it's, you know a little peep behind the curtain. We definitely get a spike in interest when and this is no stunner when there is some <laughs> sort of controversial yeah. judging decision or round or what have you. We, we do see we see an uptick in our listener count. Yeah, guys, can you give us a little more controversy? Honestly, Please. yeah, it would be great if like one of the judges just said, "You know what? Maybe I'll slip my pencil this time." <laughs> All right, all kidding. Let's closest get into we these. Got, closest we got was when uh, the the New York Commission had to change the the scorecard before Buffer could read it in yeah. uh, at UFC two eighty one. Yep. That was like the closest we got. But that wasn't the judge's fault. No, it wasn't. No, but anyway, let's let's get to contested runs. We do, like I said, we don't have too many. Twenty one out of twenty five unanimous means we have four contested. And let's start with the split decision. The only fight on the entire pay-per-view portion of this card. And and by the way, even though it was $50, which I still think was probably not the right price. I think that was a bad entry point. Um, this felt like a premium event. It actually did. Scott, you got to find some way to make $6 million. <laughs> so they got a lot of investors. A-Rod's in. A-Rod's, A-Rod's got some money, I hear. Uh, he does have some money. Mm-hmm. What do you make it for? Uh, he played baseball. Is that right? And he did very well. He also had a TV show. To it try was that to one year he didn't people. play baseball, though. Yeah. Remember that year? Well, he, I, that's okay. He had enough money at that point. Uh, <laughs> all right. Enough of... Uh, you, you want to bring it back to contested rounds? Yeah, enough of A-Rod costing himself the 700 club. Let's uh, let's just get back. That's true. That's true. All right. So Aspen Ladd, Julia Budd. This was our split decision. Very natural. 29-28 scores all the way around. Aspen Ladd won the first round. Julia Budd won the third. Middle rounds are split. That's where the the momentum shifts, right? So we got to figure out who won this round and the fight. What happened in round two of Ladd Bud? Really, this round is a clinch battle for like four plus minutes. Uh, And I think Bud gets the better of it. I think she's landing good knees to the body, beating up Ladd a little bit. I don't think what Ladd is doing in when she has the clinch advantage is all that effective. She's throwing some knees of her own and some strikes to the head, but nothing nothing to the head were really more than just kind of pitter-patter, light taps. I like it for Bud 10-9. Now, I think I had it for Lad 10-9 when I watched it live. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I was sick as a dog, so I'm not going to count anything I was watching that night. 
So I went back and watched it today. Feeling better, better-ish. Um, and uh, yeah, I also saw it for Bud too. I thought that the knees were were landing more uh, intensely than just about anything that we were seeing back from Lad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think I think Julia Bud has. I don't want to say it, it couldn't have gone the other way. I don't. I don't think this was a robbery or anything. Oh no. Close, grueling, clinch fight, anything like that. It gets, you know, it's muck in the waters. Definitely makes it a little less clear. But I do think I feel much better about a Julia Budd victory um, here than I do an Aspen Lad one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, you gotta, you kind of, kind of do more. She definitely took the third. If she fought like that in the second, it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's just the way the uh, cookie, cookie crumbles, crumbles this time, or the or the Big Apple slices, right? <laughs> anyway, but uh, I mean, what, it was Sal D'Amato was the one who saw it for Julia Bud, Dave Torelli, Tim Carrado. They saw it for Lad. They gave her the fight. So while Julia Bud doesn't get the victory, what does Sal D'Amato get? Couchside override. <laughs> how'd, how'd I do? Well, nasally there, to, Scott. It's tough to hit it. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. But nonetheless, something's in the mail. Probably. <laughs> we'll think Busy so. time of year, though, man. Yes. These things get lost all the time. <laughs> I was already warned, don't put uh, letters in like those blue mailboxes you see on the street. Really? Yeah. So I'm gonna if I need to mail things out, I'm gonna go into the post office and drop it off. Honestly, I didn't even re- I didn't even think those things existed anymore. I thought they went the way of the payphone. Oh no, totally. They. I mean, they're all over my. I, oh. I think there's fewer of them now, but they're okay. they're in my town. Okay. Probably in your town too. I just don't notice them. Yeah. How often are you walking around? Not, not often. There you go. <laughs> let's move on to. We have two more fights here, uh, and and we'll go with the more interesting of the two fights. Brandon Lofnane, of course, got the win over Bubba Jenkins. Round four TKO. Round one though is where we're split. So yeah, we're just trying to figure out who got the advantage off the bat. What would you say? Well, I guess to set up, yeah, set up what well, happened. You know, in the bo- round first. both guys we don't skip to the end. Both guys landing uh, leg kicks. Jenkins does land a couple good shots in the clinch, like, like maybe a couple uppercuts. But I thought Lockney was landing some pretty solid uh, shots of himself, defending the takedown uh, and stuck against the ca- uh, fence. Uh, Jenkins lands a nice right hand, but this round, I think the difference are the leg kicks from Lockney, and I think they're getting a way bigger reaction. You got a big welt forming on the shin of Jenkins. I like a 10-9 Lochnane. You know, I I honestly, I really toyed with going for Lochnane here for the exact reason. Um, I did go for Jenkins the other way, though. I thought I thought he was landing with some, you know, pretty hard upstairs, too, mm-hmm. you know, at times. Um, and I thought ultimately that was that was enough. I thought he got some good reactions with that as well. Okay. So I went that way. I don't I don't feel that bad about you going the other way, too. So. All right. And it didn't matter because Brendan Lochnane took the choice. Out of the judges' hands. So, well, I saw it in the majority for Jenkins with uh, Jacob Montalvo and Dave Torelli. You saw it as the out judge did Tim Corrado. Yeah. By the way, I wanted to point out in uh, in the Lad Bud fight, the judges were Torelli, Corrado, and D'Amato. So, it felt did. like they probably should have had like you know some sort of dining at a an Italian restaurant. I think afterwards. they went to Carmine's. That makes sense. Yeah. It's the only thing to do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now that was it for that fight. Again, we don't really have any controversy on this card here, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. But, you know, if you're a judging nerd, hopefully you're enjoying at least a little bit of going over these rounds. Even in this fight, Sadabusi getting the win over Delano Taylor. 
49-46 all around, but one judge, Mike Bell, diverged from the other two judges in rounds four and five. The other two judges being Tim Corrado, once again, and Dave Torelli, uh, before they went to the Italian restaurant with Sal. Yeah, this uh, these two rounds felt like the closest. And I, I you know, when they were reading the cards, like I think uh, C should definitely win. Uh, it's going to be either forty nine forty six or forty eight forty seven. Uh, sure, sure. So what? So, why don't you start with round four? What's what's going on there? Yeah, Taylor knows he's down. He's coming out a little bit more aggressive here. He's landing his jab, maybe a couple right hands. C lands some good kicks to the leg and body. It's just C's output seemed to be way down, almost like he was kind of cruising a little bit in this round. I don't think Taylor had all that much impact on his shots, but I do think he wins it on volume. Side note, Tan Dan breaks up a standing clinch, and when I'm in the, when I'm in the crowd, I'm like, Dan, this isn't boxing. What are we doing? Why'd you separate him? And now I know watching on TV, C was grabbing the glove. So yeah, you got to separate him. Mm-hmm. Doing a foul. But anyway, I think Taylor gets it 10-9. I also had for Taylor. Um, it's hard to get worked up around about a round like this anyway. Just right, yeah. I mean, like the story of the fight, it was very much just oh, keeping you at bay with some kicks and trying to get you with the punches, but maybe it's not quite getting there. And yeah, very crummy fight to be perfectly honest but yeah so mike bell was the out judge he saw this for uh, yeah. for c everyone else including you and i saw it for taylor doesn't mean judge bell is wrong just a crummy round well you gotta do what you gotta do to win a million bucks uh, that's true that's true so. and by now he'd already locked it up on on points yeah. well that's i would know that but you know yeah probably there's a decent feeling in there what about round five? Round five. This is a this is a close round. I think Taylor's still pushing forward. He's actually landing some good non-storley knees when they clinch. A few of his rights are snapping. So they're, the they're head qualified back. as non-storley knees. Non-storley knees now. Yeah. So if you if you throw a storley knee, it's like you shouldn't even have thrown a strike at all. Uh, a few of his right hands are snapping the head back. C is landing a couple good body kicks, some good punches. I just think Taylor has the slight edge here. Um, ten nine for Taylor. Nah, I went the other way. I actually went for C here. I I was very close on this one. I think this was probably closer than even the first mm-hmm. uh, round. Or well, when I say the first round, I mean the fourth round, the first of these two rounds. But I did ultimately go for uh, C in this one. So I saw it the same way as the majority judges once again, Corrado and uh, Torelli. But you you finally uh, threw Mike Bell a bone there. I'm not throwing him a bone. I'm just agreeing with him. In, in, in doing so, <laughs> you provided a bone. Oh, okay. To him. All right. Yeah. I'm sure Radar will probably join him, too, if I'm giving out bones. He loves them. Oh, Radar being uh, your dog. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm sick. Everything's coming slow. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Radar? <laughs> anyway, but that, that was it for our contested rounds. We just, like I said, just didn't have a whole lot of controversy on this one. Um, and we, we had a lot, a lot of finishes. finishes. Yeah. Eight finishes, seven TKO or KO, one submission. Three of these fights ended in the first round. Um. What was your favorite? My favorite was uh, Natan Schultz arm triangling Jeremy Stevens in the second round. Really He's trying to get in the first round too. Yeah, so it was weird because this I I was in my original seat here and I was talking with with the guys behind me. I was like, he's refusing to go to side control to finish this. Like I don't understand what's going on. I didn't realize he's a, a arm triangle master according to the <laughs> broadcast. So I but. Yeah, he ended up getting the finish anyway in round two, so good on him. So you eventually came around to the idea that he probably like, okay, knows yeah. the move better than you. I, I guess you can finish him there. I think it would be stronger to finish if you move to the side, but if he's the master, I'm not going to argue with it. So. Yeah. 
Maybe he maybe he knew that he wasn't in like a super great position for it and didn't want to gas out. It's it's possible. I mean, but also he's he's a judo background, so maybe they finish differently um, than traditional be. BJJ. So I'm not really sure. All right. What was your favorite? OAM, the Canadian gangster, Olivier mm-hmm. Alban Mercier. Good one. Whatever you want to call him, he floored Stevie Ray with the million dollar right hand. Yep. That was my favorite part of that whole one was that he he uh, Stevie Ray asked him what you hit me with, and he's like, Yeah, I did this. <laughs> did you see that? I did. That okay. Yeah, that was. I was like. All right, that's pretty cool. That was funny when they were doing that, yeah. I kind of felt bad um, for Stevie Ray's wife because she was she was right in front of us and the camera was just in her face the whole time. Like, right yeah, as he gets I mean, snapped that's, out, what's going on? See, that's here? like the double-edged sword of the way that PFL uh, does things where they kind of do a lot of the storytelling, right? Mm, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, they it's, shut it off right away after. But I mean, smart to have a little bit of a heart, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the boxing thing, right? They, they did it in boxing, too, where they like to keep it on the family. Mm. And, and, you know, it it does help to tie you into these fighters. You you can develop a little more of an attachment. I think the the UFC does a terrible job of that because probably because they don't really want to. So they're yeah. more or less doing exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, the, I also liked the, the symmetry of OAM getting his first finish because he's not really much of a finisher. Um, he's got... Two, and he's got only got two TKOs or KOs, both of which are his last two finishes. And each one happened in New York City. And I was there okay. for the last one. So you should fight in New York more often. He should. That he one should. was, uh, it was in Brooklyn, by the way. First round finish of Evan Dunham. That was right before he lost three straight decisions. Found his way out of the UFC at the end. This is a heartbreaking run, though. Have you seen what the three fights were that got him out of the UFC? No. All three decision losses. Alexander Hernandez. Yeah. No shame. This was like, for whatever reason, this kid was just hot in 2018. Yeah. Gilbert Burns. Wow. All right. (laughs) And Armin Sarukian. That's, yeah, that's that's a tough run right there. That's a tough run. Like, this guy really still is good. I mean, he beat beat Drew Dober. Um, At this point now, it's six years old. But that was one of his three uh, last UFC victories. (laughs) That's a good win, too. Yeah, that's solid. Maybe... Maybe his non-finishing way, he should tap into early GSP protege instead of later. Oh, I see. GSP that kind of protege. do the reverse. Yeah, where he's like doing a, mu- a bunch of a bunch of fighting to the the decision, and then like all of a sudden he discovers yeah. that he's just a finishing monster. Yep. Okay. Exactly. I think he'll try that. I hope he does. He'll take it under advisement anyway. <laughs> but he's not doing anything for himself now. Other people do that. Okay. As we've established, yes, we've we've learned. Yeah. Just like King Charles. <laughs> So that is it. That's it for PFL. We have basically nothing to talk about PFL for a while. I know they're going to have their, you know, contender series will come in the spring or in February. And I know they have an international series. They're going to be getting off the ground next year. I don't know how much that will cross into what we do on our show. But uh, for all intents and purposes, yeah, probably won't be doing much PFL until April or May. All right. That's good. Unless you do like it, things a little simplified, right? Yeah, but I want to see Lachnan and Burgos. That's the fight. Make that would be a now. fun fight. That would be a fun fight. But we got That's fights the tricky this thing, though. Is like, I mean, you, you want those fights. You want them to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So you put them in the regular season. But if they don't win enough, then they don't both get into the playoffs. Well, don't let, them, then... be, don't let them be in the, in the thing. Just do the, be part of the pay-per-view thing that Kayla's on. <laughs> I, I think they still believe very heavily in their... Um, I think we can call it a gimmick, yeah. The, okay. the season format. All right. Yeah. 
But I mean, that would be fire. Whenever we get that fight, hopefully we get that fight. That would yeah. that would be uh, a lot of fireworks. On to Orlando. Yeah, so let, let's move on to Orlando. Yeah, let's look ahead to this weekend. And dude, this card, like, it really you wrote down how it's like top to bottom. Really great for a fight night. I, I think we all agree here. This is this is a really good fight night card. Um, with a solid headliner, Stephen Thompson uh, or Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. It doesn't feel right to just say Stephen Thompson. I almost just put Wonderboy. You know, I'm I'm supposed to speak with uh, with him this week, and I'm gonna I kind of want to ask him. Like, does anyone just call you Steve? Because <laughs> like it doesn't feel right to call you Stephen Thompson, even like or Stephen, just or Wonderboy even. Like, do you Stephen Wonderboy Thompson? Do you think like Chris Wyman's like, hey, is Wonderboy coming over for Thanksgiving, or do you probably. think he says Stephen? He probably already knows. I nobody, but when, I'm just saying when when he talks about him to his family, oh, he calls, says to Stephen Wonderboy Tom is Stephen Wonderboy Thompson coming? Yeah. That's what he. That's what he would say. Okay, Uh fair enough. It says it on his credit card. (laughs) That'd be awesome. It's on his passport. Um, But I, I don't even know. Did I finish and say who he's fighting? He's fighting Kevin Holland. Yeah, Kevin Holland. That's a great fight. Yeah, fun fight here. Mm -hmm. Kevin Holland, who of course retired, quote unquote, uh, after his big win with the big paycheck that he has uh, allegedly got. Uh, He was retired, and then all of a sudden he's in a main event. Yeah, he uh, he does not have to to stop reacting to what fighters say on Twitter. They just need to let yeah, it chill. Yeah, just let them say whatever they want. Don't take they, it. They, if they want to have fun out there, whatever. Just, just chill. People can literally say anything. Yeah. If you and, and if you're you know, good on Kevin, if he wants to mess with people, fine. That's fine. If you are in the Orlando area and you are a criminal, do not work this week because Kevin Holland no. will stop you. That's true. So take the week off from being a criminal. My understanding is Kevin Holland will no longer help out people. Uh, in his own hometown or like whatever town it is because he like the police gave him like a they harassed him about these like about parking tickets or something or whatever. <laughs> they gave him a hard time and he's like, I was just rescuing people. <laughs> so so he won't help people there anymore. Okay. But but yeah, probably in Florida, yeah, everybody's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I didn't want to write down every single fight. So I got tired. I just wrote down top to bottom. This this fight is is awesome. And I don't have the wind to to go over all of them too, but I mean, yeah, we can we can just kind of knock off. I, you know what? I'll let you handle naming some of the ones that you highlighted as your favorites. You know, I think RDA versus Brian Barbarino is going to be pretty awesome. That one seventy. Uh, I like I like Javier Dos Anjos at one seventy. I, I think at this point he's not fighting for the title. Just fight comfortably. Yeah. Uh, Matush Nicolau and Matt Schnell. Schnell coming off that crazy round uh, in Long Island. Uh, hopefully that's a pretty good one. Tied to Ivasa. You were there for, and I was in the back not watching live because that sucked. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jack Hermanson was supposed to fight Derek Brunson. Brunson got hurt, so Roman Delize steps in. I think that'll be a pretty good fight. Uh, I love Dawkus Brothers. They're going to be fighting. Eric Anders, He's he t- he t- on Joe Rogan's show in the summer, he said he only has like two or three fights left. So well, now this he's, might be one he's of doing his... some acting. He was, in, yeah. uh, he was in Cobra Kai. Yeah, so this might be uh, one of his final fights. Did you see though? Did you watch Cobra Kai? I did. I I didn't he, notice him. He played though. an MMA fighter. I believed him. Well, yeah, you should. Believe I believed him. he was Ooh. an MMA fighter. Oh, yes, right. He did in early early in the season. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. I remember now. That's right. Uh, and Darren Elkins. Who doesn't love Darren Elkins? So. Uh, the damage. Yeah. <laughs> there will there will be blood. So, um, I'm excited. And Michael Johnson is still fighting somehow. So, um, he's he's on the card. Clay Guida is on the card. Nuts up real quick because i kind of wanted to see if there was any because you highlighted so many i didn't even bother but i should i should look oh uh, we got amanda hebus is fighting tracy cortez 
Oh yeah, um, that's a that's a really pivotal uh, flyweight fight too. Angela Hills on the card versus Emily Ducati. Mm-hmm. Nico, we'll be talking about that one next week. Nico Price versus Philip Rowe. Almost surely. Uh, you got uh, Yasmin Yargui. I love Nico Price versus Estela Nunez. Yargui had one of the craziest fights uh, in June. Remember that Yasmin versus Jasmine? Yes. That was that was that was from her fight. Uh, Clay Guida's fighting Scott Holtzman. Uh, yeah, I think top to bottom, this is going to be a fun card. Natan Levy versus Gennaro Valdez and Francis Marshall versus Marcello Rojo. So, so you did manage to name them all. I oh, I mean, I figured I didn't want to leave anyone out at that point. I guess that's so. true. We do have a, like, honestly, all of these fighters listen. Yeah. Uh, 15 fights. <laughs> it's going to be a p- busy one. And like Scott yeah. said, we'll most definitely probably be talking about Angela Hill and Emily Dakar. I, I would say, yeah, that, that would be a lead <laughs> contender for a fight that we're going to be having a reason to talk about. Yep. Uh, I would also venture that Brian Barbarina and Rafael Dos Anjos is a fight we will be talking about. Yeah, I think so, too. Just just has that feel. Just to slug it out. And you know what? Actually, Hotland does not have to worry about being taken down by Wonder Boy. So okay. we might have some rounds in that That's one true. as well. That's true. That could be fun. I, I don't think that one's going to go five, though. You know what? It probably won't. I think we might have some interesting rounds early, but yeah, I do. I mean, will it even go that long? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I would also venture that we will be talking about a Darren Elkins fight with Jonathan Pierce because there will be a 10 8 in there. Maybe <laughs> him getting 10 8 yeah. and then still coming back to win. Yeah. Who knows? I'm not making that prediction, but would it surprise me? No. Not me neither. Oh, and um, so I don't leave him out. Michael Johnson is fighting Mark Jacasey. I, okay, did, yeah, I sure. did not point out his opponent. So. Now, this, and we already mentioned this is in Florida. Uh, typically UFC goes to Florida, they will bring in, you know, top judges as well, but we'll probably see some of the, you know, general Florida based judges that yeah. we often see there as well. Troy Winkapaw, you know, yeah. Barry. um, Barry Luxemburg, Barry Luxemburg, maybe Howard Reichbach. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Lee, yeah. Chris Lee's local of Florida. Chris right? Lee is a, is a local Florida so, judge. Correct. So he'll probably be there. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Well, he's got other things to do. I guess I, I, that's true. I won't be able to watch live. I have a Christmas party, so yeah, maybe he has. Oh, is that right? To, yeah. Oh. So I'll get to catch him, catch all the fights uh, after. Why don't they watch the party? Also, the Big Ten Championship will be on. I now understand why they're not going to be watching at the party. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> good times. Alrighty, that will do it. I'm glad I made it through. <laughs> it's been a week. But uh, by the time we speak again, hopefully I will sound like I usually do. Yeah, he'll sound better. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care and have a great 